Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is power. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, Jerry? Oh, not much, Pat. It's the penultimate episode. It is indeed. Yeah, this is uh, we have a, a great guest on this week, one who's been uh, highly requested, and we're awesome. It's awesome to have her back. Yeah, you know, nonstop requests, you know, always one of our most popular episode series. How to get one more in the bag before uh, we call it quits. Welcome back to the cast, everyone's favorite Magic the Gathering art critic, <laughs> Dakota. What's up, Dakota? Um, Not much. I'm so pleased to be here and very honored to be with you in this um, wrap up here. Hell yeah. You know, Dakota, uh, for those who might have missed your previous episodes, you want to just give a kind of little rundown of who you are and how having never played a game of magic before you find yourself involved so, so thoroughly in the community. (laughs) So uh, sure. I come from the art world. I've been in curatorial positions, mostly in museums and in public art. And I have an art historical training and Jerry and I are buddies and (laughs) I have literally never even looked at a magic card in person. Um, Maybe I've never held one. Uh, and so my only understanding is what I've picked up along the way in the couple of episodes. Um, Spe- speaking of, we actually need to get to you, Dakota, after. So our last uh, art episode with you was the Christmas episode. And Pat and I actually went out and bought all the cards, all the art that we reviewed. <laughs> and we went to go send it to you. And then it got lost in the mail. Yeah, it's so- been terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we well, had like this awesome hit. present. Yeah. And just like. <laughs> the best part about it being a surprise though is that you're not expecting it so when it doesn't come it just uh (laughs) it's no big deal but we keep meaning we're gonna we're gonna do that again and uh and get those out to you so you actually can hold some actual oh my god my very own magic cards i'll have to explain what they mean (laughs) yes but yeah we got we got the you know some of your your favorite arts that you said in the previous episode that you really like so we got we got those for you and and sent them out but uh we'll we'll get them again get yeah. those sent over oh nice <laughs> um but yeah so every episode we do with you kind of has a different theme like i said you know the last one was the uh the holiday theme where we looked at all the different holiday magic cards uh we looked at we did a, a reprint episode where we looked at like the original art and then the reprint art and did kind of a compare and contrast and then the first one we did was uh kind of old versus new, you know, old art versus uh, new art. This time around Dakota, you know, being the penultimate episode, uh, being a community cast, uh, the, the art we actually gathered today is I actually reached out to all the people in the community and I just asked them to say, if you could only pick one magic art to be your ultimate favorite art of all time, what would it be? 
And so the art that we're going to be looking at today in this episode is going to be just some of the community favorites, just the art that people love. So in other words, when I criticize it, I'm really missing oh. all your listeners. Yeah, twist that knife. <laughs> twist that knife. This is amateur. <laughs> Uh, for for, uh, those who missed previous episodes uh, I believe uh, one of my favorites was uh, we looked at like uh, Black Lotus by Chris Rush and uh, Dakota I think you said it looked like he phoned it in (laughs) (laughs) classic (laughs) oh well I'm excited to see what you've got I know we got some good ones and I actually will say uh, a lot of the art that was presented uh, and uh, given forth is is actually some really good art. I was I was surprised at the diversity of things that people uh, suggested, um, but I was very happy with what what they came up with. So, I mean, without further ado, should we just get right into it, Pat? Yeah, let's go for it. I love it. Yeah. And uh, anyone uh, playing along at home, if you want to take a look, uh, the thread with all the art is on the Leaving a Legacy Facebook page. Um, it was posted on September 29th. So if you scroll back on the Legacy uh, fa- uh, Leaving a Legacy Facebook page, you'll see the thread where everyone uh, submitted their favorite art. So with that, let me share my screen. So our first submission here is a card called Counterspell by the artist Dom Explanation Mark. (laughs) Wow. This is pretty incredible, actually. Oh, I shouldn't say actually. Sorry. This is why would I be surprised that your viewers picked really interesting things? So this is feels really different stylistically from some of the things I've seen in the past. Okay. Um, I'm just going to start out with some of my first impressions. All right. Uh, so really interesting use of a small space. The first thing I notice is that the ground is at a slant. Mm-hmm. And so there's this already this feeling of it being off kilter. Um, and I guess there's this, uh, <clears throat> the, the use of color and light is super important in this. So the, white shock or whatever it is, um, is sort of blindingly white because of how saturated the colors are everywhere else Mm -hmm. in the composition. Mm -hmm. So that's a really smart move on this artist part. It really looks like electric bolt, you know, that kind of, um, lightning, um, like wattage, you know? And then the other thing that I'm noticing is that everywhere else, the, the paint is, you know, it's saturated, but it's also applied in a way that's pretty, um, uh, it's not, it's not viscous. I'm trying to think of what the, I I was, that is. I was going to say to, to my untrained eye, is this, is this a watercolor? That was my guess too. I think that it's, I think it is because What's great is, okay, so look at the cape in the upper part, this yellow area. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, that's really um, uh, like finely applied and like concentrated within the contours of each of those shapes. So that's, it might still be watercolor, but it's not taking advantage of the watery. It's, it's much more like, I mean, for lack of a better word, like densely applied, mm-hmm. but then what they've managed to do in this um, area with the, I'm calling an electric shock, is they've created these watery effects Mm. 
um, bleeding into the blue so that it has this sense of depth. It has the sense of like a reach beyond the center of that current. Um, and then you get these really interesting like r- ripples that are almost reminiscent of like faces or ghosts coming out of the mm-hmm. current. So to me, this is the thing with magic that I I'm now understanding, having seen a number of these compositions, you're trying to pack in as much story as you can within a really small confined space. Yeah. Cause when you talk <laughs> about the art space on a magic card, it's like what, like one and a half inch by, you know, maybe two inch Pat. Right. It's very small. Yeah. You know, right. Po- postage stamp uh, <laughs> sized right. art. And some, but, but the art but- itself can be much larger than that. It ends up getting scaled down, but it, Totally. You, they have to take into account how small the finished product is going to be, right? Right. So the artist is thinking about that from the start. And so what I think ends up being pretty successful in a lot of these instances is it's not a lot of busy art. It's um, it's pretty uh, pared down so that mm-hmm. your eye is focusing on a few key elements. And so to me, this one really exudes this idea of like energy coming out of or coming to this key figure that's sort of like so powerful it's pulling them back Mm. uh so then i just noticed jerry because i've never seen this art blown up is the the colors of magic on the crown this this figure is wearing oh yeah that's uh, that's true is it i mean being colorblind it's kind of hard for me to pick up on no colorblind <laughs> yeah, you do. Oh. I thought, no, yeah, I'm, I've been I've been colorblind my whole life. <laughs> wow. is, is it true that only men can be colorblind? Someone told me that. It's Maybe, just like, more recently. common. Like women can be colorblind too. It's just more common for men to be oh, colorblind. Okay. Um, the other, I want to ask you too, Dakota. So, like, if this is a watercolor, it's very interesting that they that there's so much white in it because obviously <laughs> that's the absence of color generally when you're using watercolors. Um, how do they achieve like these kind of like these straighter lines of white through the through the composition? Is it is it something else that's added to it, like an acrylic or something like that? So there are two ways that that could be done. Uh, <clears throat> I think the more likely is that they scanned it and edited it digitally. Mm-hmm. But another way, well, there are probably other ways. I'm not a painter myself, to be clear. Um, I just analyze paintings, but. Um, what you can do is put wax on your composition before you start painting so that that area of, of the canvas or paper doesn't allow anything to adhere to it. Oh, neat. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. But yeah, I think it's a really cool, um, a really cool painting. Yeah. What's the story with this? So what this card does, it's actually, it's one of the most annoying cards uh, in magic history, but well loved by many is basically it allows you to counter anything, any one spell that your opponent does. So basically your opponent tries to do something. And then if you play this card, it basically, no, (laughs) no, you cannot. So, and it's, it's also one of the most reprinted, Mm-hmm. cards in magic history you know i would say it is up there like there's probably what like 12 13 14 different arts for this one card oh uh, um, yeah countless yeah countless. yeah so like there are tons of different uh artist interpretations of you know what counter spell should look like and uh it's definitely one of the most famous ones and this is just a, a really well-loved uh adaptation of it Mm-hmm. I just like that the artist's name includes an uh, you know an exclamation mark as part uh, of his name. Thirteen <laughs> counter spells, Jerry. 
There have been 13 counterspell Thir- arts. 13, that's correct. Yep. <laughs> we could do an entire episode just looking at counterspell art. Wow. <laughs> well, good pick. I like this one. Excellent. You ready to move on to the next? I'm sure. ready. All right. So this next one, it's actually kind of hard to find a higher resolution version of it. So this art one, this one is a little small, but I think we will make do. Uh, this is uh, Metal Worker by a man named Don Hazelton. Okay. Um, it's not my favorite thing I've ever seen. Okay. But that's my opinion. <laughs> no, no, what, remember what we said, Dakota. No, okay, all right. I'm just going to lay in. So it's pretty cartoony, which is unusual, I think, for magic cards, right? Uh, give and take. I mean, there there have been, like, it. it's definitely on the rarer side, but every once in a while, there will be, like, a cartoony magic card that'll get, like, slipped in. Okay. Um. Well, you know, it's very economical in terms of its visual language here um there's uh pat that's not actually <laughs> pat just sent me oh, a, is this a different version. one is this pat, that's a that's a yeah that's a fan art <laughs> so... oh jeez, sorry <laughs> maybe that sorry. doesn't speak so well about the the art that pat confused <laughs> i didn't uh, realize until i art. i didn't realize until i looked at it again i'm like oh wait that's not that doesn't make no that's not it <laughs> that's the fan oh, art okay <laughs> Like Pat, it's, it's on a website with a bunch of My Little Pony fan art. Like, what do you think? <laughs> I just Googled Metal Worker Art MTG. That's all. <laughs> it's kind of funny that the fan art is like one of the top results on Google for it. Yeah, too. it looks like it's yeah, Grimace. Like it. it looks like Grimace that he's doing whatever the laser beam is too. Like a... <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, it's a very limited palette. Um, it accentuates the light and dark. I mean, you do get the sense you're in kind of a, a foundry. I don't know if any you've ever yeah. been to a foundry, but the light is kind of glowing. Um, mm-hmm. and then everything else is in shadow. So yeah. that comes across for sure. Um, and the reflectivity of the metallic surfaces of these figures, I'm noticing, um, the play on circles and spheres and mm. your you know your eye jumps around to all of the different circles in the composition um and you know it's interesting here this isn't a traditional spotlight where the light is cast in a, a beam and falls evenly on a figure it's like a laser beam mm. that then balloons out to a circle so that's something unnatural and that seems intentional. Um, I can't tell from this image, Jerry, what's written on, I guess it's a book that's behind the larger figure. Yeah. I think it's like schematics of some sort. Would, would you like to know kind of like the flavor behind the art? Yeah, I think so. So the, the whole idea behind metal art worker is it's, it's a robot that makes other robots. Okay. So, so I think it, creator situation yeah it's like a big robot and i think it's i think the laser is it like shooting a beam of light into each of these like three mini robots that are around it right okay yeah i mean i guess the um i get 
like a smacking of uh, what's that Fantasia one with Mickey Mouse where he's like overwhelmed by all the oh yeah like the brooms, brooms. yeah <laughs> right it's like the the evil creator who's not quite sure what they're doing yeah it is kind of menacing with the the lighting of it yeah um I don't know I I think it's uh you could say what, they phoned what, it in what is, you can say the whole of this card <laughs> what happens when you play it so it's a creature it's a it's a very weak creature it's a one two so uh that's very weak in magic scale as far as like creature strength go and what it is is when you activate it you can reveal artifacts from your hand to add mana to your mana pool, which I know I just probably said a whole yeah. bunch of just like <laughs> gobbledygook. I got, I got a little lost there, right. and I play the game. <laughs> All right, Pat, you explain it. You explain. <laughs> no, I'm mean, like, listen, I'm sure you're spot on. I just, like I said, I play the game, and even that's a little confusing. <laughs> uh, but basically, it, it, it lets you it lets you play other other robots for cheaper. Right. Okay. Huh. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't I guess I I don't really have too much more to say about it. It's not my favorite thing I've ever seen. It's quite simplistic, uh, fairly menacing. But at the same time, the problem, I think, for me is there there's this menacing palette. But then I always think of cartoons as kind of like bulbous lines mm-hmm. as being friendly and yeah. like so that feels like a weird contrast to me it does it does feel like like a little like little napoleon type-esque where it's just like what? You, when you have like a really mean angry grumpy but like it's a little toy you're like oh you're, you're so cute <laughs> it's like you're like you're a grumpy cat you're like a grumpy cat <laughs> It's kind of funny how the robot has his hands behind his back. Like, right? like that's a resting position for a robot. Oh, yeah. I didn't even <laughs> notice that. Well, that's why I was saying, like, a very, like, Napoleonistic, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, like, and like the angry eyebrows at the top are really just, like, part of it. The lighting from, like, its laser beam in front of it. You know what I mean? So, like, it makes yeah. it look angry. But it's a, it's a, it's a robot. It doesn't have emotions, right? So. Right. It's kind of funny. I just like the the scale because you can notice in the background there's the shadow of a table, mm-hmm. which makes you think that the scale of this is like oh, these so they're are actually tiny. Yeah, they're like they're like six inches tall. Oh, funny. That's kind of that's kind of funny actually, but he looks very serious. Like he's got his hands behind his back. You yeah. know, he's working real hard, making little grimaces. Yeah, little, <laughs> little mini versions of himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right, should we power through to the next one? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Right, I think you're going to like this one a lot better. So this is Uana, Queen of the Fae. Queen of the Fae. <clears throat> um, okay, wow. This is totally different. Yep. So, um, wow. Is her face like misting away? I think it's supposed to be her hair. Oh, okay. I'm trying to figure out how I can make this a little bit bigger. Oh, wow. That helps a lot. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this looks like probably originally an acrylic or oil painting. 
and you can still see a lot of the brush strokes, which is quite nice. Um, I, you know, it's really centered on this figure with this modeled background so that the elements um, look like they're floating in space. I'm just talking through my observations. Yeah. And um, this figure looks like they're pretty much entirely composed of different flower blossoms mm. um, in a, a way where it's like they're kind of encasing her. And I guess, again, this feels like something that's sort of beautiful, but also maybe a little bit menacing in a certain oh, way. You know, that's actually a really good observation. That's kind of spot on with the flavor. Okay. Um, yeah. And I think whenever you see long witchy fingernails, mm -hmm. that to me is, or like her, her hand cr kind of crunched up like that. Oh, that's good. Um, I didn't even really. Yeah. You're right. I think whenever an artist is depicting hands, there's usually a reason and they're trying to express something. It's interesting for her to have this, this, her face is not expressive. Mm -hmm. What is expressive are her hands. Even her feet look like they're just dragging limply mm. behind her. So I'm not sure what's being communicated, but something is going on with her hands. Um, and also the, the torque of her body is interesting to me. Um, that is not a natural position, obviously. It's mm -hmm. like she's being pulled backward while she's being propelled forward. Um, so there's this like, you know, um, ragdoll effect. Yeah, right. <clears throat> and then am I seeing, I don't know, little fairies trailing in the distance behind her or? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I, yep. It seems to be. So okay. with a name like queen of the Fae, uh, she is the queen of the fairies. Right. And uh, she's blue black in the game, you know, blue generally represents, you know, knowledge uh, and, you know, wisdom. And then black is usually uh, greed and power. So, you know, her, her whole theme is, you know, she's queen of the fairies and they tend to be, you know, very, very, you know, uh, we're not talking like Tinkerbell style well, fairies. Yeah, We're talking well, more okay. like 1800s. I was going to say, like, if you go back, like actual, like real folklore of humans, not like in the magic sense, like fairies are generally not like friendly creatures. They're not like a Tinkerbell style. They're yeah, usually they're, like they're little, mischievous or nefarious. And they're little bastards. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> totally. So like, uh, yeah, I like how they use that in this art here, you know. Yeah, and the relationship to nature too is always mm -hmm. super key for fairy um, yeah. depictions. <clears throat> well, I think it's fun. And the other thing I appreciate is that they've um, played with the idea of fabric and petals mm -hmm. and made the relationship between them a little bit ambiguous. Mm -hmm. um, which I think is pretty smart. I mean, obviously that happens in fashion all the time, but to depict that in a painting is pretty cool too. Definitely. Awesome. Should we uh, take a look yeah. at the next one? Let's hit it. Yeah. All right. So the next one, we actually have our first landscape. And now you typically don't like landscapes. Is that right? Dakota. No, that's not fair. <laughs> Dakota, you, you've gone on record as saying that you despise landscapes. Is that true? <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you that you did really like the plateau art. 
the the plateau art from uh, the previous episode. Mm-hmm. You were, you were I like a good landscape. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, okay, let me let me your 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 bar for a good landscape is pretty high, you know. <laughs> Bob Bob Ross isn't cutting it for you. No, he's not. Speaking of, I think I I think I texted you when it came out, but did I tell you how they uh, Magic did a partnership with Bob Ross and oh, released <laughs> Bob Ross art for Magic the Gathering cards? I I think that's pretty brilliant, actually. <laughs> uh, so without further ado, our first landscape uh, we have Grove of the Burn Willows. Oh wow. See, this is what's so interesting about magic is that they just go all over the place with their styles. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. this feels completely computer generated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, it definitely is. Um, and that's one of the ways that you get these really stark contrasts of color. You know, like the first one we looked at where it had that glowing effect. Mm-hmm. That's pretty challenging to achieve through paint. And um, I don't, I have no idea. It must be really hard to make digital images with, um, you know, CGI too. But that's something you do see a lot more because you can achieve those really strong contrasts in this medium. And the um, like ghostly layers are a lot easier to do. Digital images are typically many, 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 many layers in a Mm -hmm. giant vector file. And it allows a bit of flexibility for the artist as they're thinking about um, what they want to come through to the surface, I guess. So um, yeah, I think that that's interesting that you, it it helps create this glowing sensation. So even the, the, um, the roots of the tree, they almost have, um, a translucent quality to them. Yeah. And what that does is it allows you to have the sensation that there are these embers glowing from within so that they're almost penetrating something solid like bark. Mm -hmm. Um, so this, this, I mean, I think it's a really effective use of light um and transparency and the other thing i like about it is if you take a step back and you're just thinking about the lines of it is that you have basically vertical lines created by the i i guess they're maybe like weeping willow pieces that are coming down from above and then you have the undulating circular aspects that are created by the branches mm-hmm. um and I think that that's really great because the circular pieces bring your eye backward. It creates a real sense of depth. Mm. Um, and then the weeping willow pieces mostly fall in the foreground. And so it creates this sense that you're passing through almost like you're physically moving through the, the space. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah. So as landscapes go, I think this is quite interesting okay excellent now i also uh we're gonna do a bonus uh reprint art uh segment here because i just realized 
I chose the wrong one. So this was the From the Vault uh, version of Grove of the Burn Willows. And Brian Marks, who suggested this, he actually requested the original version of it. Oh, okay. So <clears throat> that was that was the reprint. Now let's look at the original version. and You can compare and contrast the landscape. Oh, yeah. This is totally different. <clears throat> um, there's still a great sense of depth, but that's achieved more through this winding path in the, that starts out in the foreground. And, but this is exactly what I'm saying, right? Like you have these glowing trees, but it's harder to do that in painting. There's just, um, the effect is much better in the, uh, from the, I don't know. I don't know if I should say better, but it, it's clearer. Right. Uh, yeah, I guess the, this, I mean, this is nice. I like this. Um, but it's not, one of the critiques I'll make is that it's not clear where the light source is coming from. Like you have these flowers in the foreground and they're not cast in shadow or light dramatically the way you would expect if the light source were only these trees. Mm -hmm. And then additionally, the horizon line is bright. And to me, that would mean it's dawn probably. Um, but I don't know, that kind of doesn't fit with the feeling of the rest of the space. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess my major critique of, for this artwork would be that the source of light doesn't make sense. And I think that the power of the trees uh, being illuminated would be stronger if that had been resolved. Yeah. Uh, that being said, maybe it doesn't matter as much. I think that this is, feels like a, a pleasant, uh, friendlier landscape than the last mm. one we looked at. <laughs> Whereas literally just everything's on fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is kind of the flavor of it. The whole idea is that it's this grove of, you know, willow trees, except instead of being, you know, regular leaves, all of the, the willows are, you know, actually just flames. Hmm. My favorite fireworks are the ones that look like weeping willows. So. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, let's take a look. This actually, this one was actually suggested by quite a few people. This is uh, quite a few people's favorite art. Oh, we have baleful Strix. Well, I automatically love this because I like birds. <laughs> Excellent. And Excellent. owls above all, really. Um. Yeah, this is really interesting. I mean, it's not faithfully, you know, it's not like your Audubon owl. Um, <laughs> if it was, I would call a vet. That that owl needs yeah, exactly. help. <laughs> uh, this owl needs a little bit of help. He's got like bullet holes in his wings. <laughs> no, but I think it's really interesting. I mean, this is an artist who's just completely departed from the natural world to create an iconic natural creature but give them more more of a totemic quality by constructing them in a way you would never see in real life mm -hmm. but clearly they're um you know full of vitality because of this pose that they're taking so it's almost like they're again totemic because they're more powerful than your average owl um, they've got, I, I think this pose is really striking and it's very intentionally more or less symmetrical in the, the composition. Um, 
they're standing on kind of unsteady ground, but it doesn't matter because, and I think that's intentional too, because it just shows like that their wings are what's supporting them. Mm-hmm. Their, their feet are less important. Um, but they're, you know, it's kind of a power pose basically. Yeah. And then this owl has pretty much every color embedded in its plumage. And the, to me, the way that the wings look like they're structured, it almost looks like, um, like vein circuitry or, you know, how like the, um, like neurons firing in a textbook that you can see. I don't know. I'm, in, in the game, it's actually this is actually a, uh, a mechanical owl. Like it's not a oh, natural owl. It, it's it's mechanical. So okay. that, that's interesting that you point that out. That it looks like circuitry. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I I love this one. I mean, it's it's striking that the eyes obviously are just like mm-hmm. piercing right into you, mm-hmm. and um, I there's no question that this is a powerful animal. Yep. So the flavor of it is that it's, it's a mechanical owl. And if you touch it, you die. Mm. Oh, all right. (laughs) But I guess I'm not that surprised. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So up next we have uh, kind of a controversial one because a lot of people like this is another reprint. Uh, mm-hmm. It's had a lot of uh, printings of it. This is a uh, force of will, uh, but specifically we're doing the Scott Fisher's uh, double masters version of force of will. Force of will. Okay. Wow. I think we should go to the original. Yeah. To remind you, to remind you of the original, um, the, this is what the original looks like. <gasps> Oh, I kind of like the original. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a fan of two. <laughs> yeah. So this is one of the most famous, most famous uh, magic arts, hugely popular. Uh, that's the Therese Nielsen uh, version of it. Um, so that's the original. But uh, what was submitted here. So this I think we actually did it on a previous uh, episode. Yeah. So oh, man. Once you do the compare and contrast, it's like. <laughs> he looks so lame. He's, he's like a pole dancer on a pirate ship. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, one hundred percent. She, yep, it is a pole dancer on a pirate ship. Oh. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, I guess what's fun about this one is all the stuff that's going on in the background. Yeah. Lots of action. Also hearkening back to uh, what you've said on previous episodes, Dakota, I feel that this is an example of an illustration versus art. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, Jerry, you've become so cultured. So cult- <laughs> Dakota has taught us so much. It's so amazing. I She's love taught it. us so much. Oh, Remember our first, our first episode was like, this art is bad. <laughs> <laughs> That was our take. Yeah, yeah. I also feel though I've led you astray because lots of people I'm sure would take issue with what I say. <laughs> We've actually had like an, a, some actual like magic, uh, like official magic, uh, like art critics. Cause 
like there are, is an entire community of like art dealers that deal specifically with magic art. And they actually said that you, you get pretty spot on on, you know, Oh really? Yeah. Oh, they, so yeah they, they said, yeah, you have, you, you have really good takes on things. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, good. Well, I mean, I, I still think this is fun. I love that there, there's a whole range of colors going on here, um, but not in a discordant way at all. It's really thoughtfully done. Um, there again, like similarly to the first one, you have this tilt. And mm. so what that does is, you know, whenever you have like a background element or an element that's supposed to be stable, like ground or, you know, a house or a ship mast, um, that's off kilter. And then the figure seems grounded and centered against that, that then gives this sense that the figure, you know, has this kind of like resistance to gravity in a certain way. It's a certain power of their own, I think. Um, so she seem, doesn't seem all bothered by these, I don't know, like imploding planets that are whizzing past mm. her. <laughs> yep. And she seems like she's, I don't know, summoning a wave of water while the ship mast is helter skelter so she's doing fine and maybe maybe conjuring all of this up on her own um what doesn't quite work for me i think is well definitely her shoes but also, <laughs> <laughs> also the expression on her face is i don't understand what it's supposed to be registering it seems very blase which doesn't and again, if we go to that first one you showed, I mean, there was so much energy just like contained within the body of that figure and in their face. Right. Especially for uh title of force of will. Like the whole idea of the card is that you are using your entire force of will to dictate what happens in the game. Right. And so it's weird to have a character who... I'm speaking about the female character here now who um, clearly is extremely powerful and capable in this element, but she just looks like she's, you know, like bored. <laughs> and I, I think that that's the mistake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. It looks, like, like, it looks like she's in the middle of like a, like a, like a sea battle. Right. Right. These are right. like cannonballs that are being fired at them. And yeah, and she's like deflecting cannonballs, but it looks yeah. like she's she's not using her force of will. It's just like right. another day at the office. Right, right. exactly. Exactly. Right. And I do feel it is it looks like something more you would see in a comic book than the Louvre. Agreed. Speaking of things you'd more likely see, I don't even know if you'd see this in a comic book, but definitely not the Louvre. <laughs> Our next piece is it's a beloved art be in kind of the way that the room is a beloved movie <laughs> <laughs> all right i love this kind of thing wait is this Bring i, I hope this is what i think it is i, I will know immediately it's indestructible yeah! aura. <laughs> indestructible aura by mark Poole. One of the more famous pieces. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> this is, believe it or not, an official magic card art. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! If I ever release another metal album, this will be the cover of it. Like, no yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's like a, it's the body of a fish 
with the head of an eagle and then some frat bro's arms crossing his arms, throwing up devil horns. With it's like not even ice. devil horns because the thumbs are extended. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like Shaka Bro meets I devil. I think that's Aloha. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> throwing up Aloha <laughs> with fire off to one side and ice super, off to the other. Super long torso. Super okay, long torso. Jerry. By the way, that was beautiful visual interpretation, right there. <laughs> it so. is the the room version of a magic card. <laughs> And uh, this was actually in Magic's first set. This is one of the very first Magic arts. For real? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So a, a lot of the artists who did the original Magic arts were because it was they it was essentially like a startup company, right? Like Richard Garfield yep. was making this and didn't have a lot of backing. Um, so these were a lot of students that were taken from like from like local oh. art schools and stuff. Did a lot of these original arts. I don't think Mark Poole was among them, but they were all like you know here's 50 bucks make some art for us for a card yeah. kind of thing yep. yeah i think my maybe my favorite thing about this is like the the gleaming biceps so cool right <laughs> it's, like... it's necessary right <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> i feel like that's where the most amount of detail <laughs> that's i mean when you have an indestructible aura everyone knows that it originates from your bulging biceps that's where it comes from <laughs> Uh, I don't know, but I would definitely hang out with this bird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like how the, the bird's head is like pretty realistic, but everything else is pretty cartoonish. Yeah. <laughs> I do like what that a lot. What it feels like to me is that three different people worked on this together. <laughs> <laughs> and Cool just took credit for all of them. <laughs> uh, excellent. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> But I like it. I, I think it's pretty fun. Uh, a couple people suggested art by just like copy and pasting the art, but they didn't say the name and I have no idea what these cards are. So sorry, guys, we're going to have to skip them because yep. <laughs> I don't know what these cards are. And you need to provide links to them. So uh, <laughs> up next is actually one of my favorite arts, too. I was really Ooh, glad okay. to see this submitted because I really like this art. Um, we got Dan Dan. Oh, is that a giant clownfish down there? Right. So the entire idea is it's basically this, you know, you, you see like the rowboats on the surface of the lake and it's like a very Jaws-esque like camera yeah. angle looking straight down. Totally. And, the, and the giant fish is like just it beneath kinda, the surface. It kind of looks like a lionfish almost. Yeah, something. <clears throat> yeah, actually, lionfish. What set yep. is this from, Jerry? Do you know? Uh, it is originally oh, from. Alliances? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was Alliances Fallen Empire. Yeah, Alliances. Okay. Yep. So it's a it's a fairly old set. This yep. is actually, I don't think I've ever seen this. This is really cool. Oh, I like yeah. This, I think this is a really um, smartly thought out piece of um, art where, you know, basically the first thing you see are the boats, then you see the rings, and then you see. The lips, but you're not quite sure where what they are. You see the mm. eye, and so it takes a minute for your eye to put it together. Precisely because you would never expect a fish that size, mm -hmm. yeah. given the relative size of the boats. And scale is one of the ways that artists can play with the idea of like power and like magnitude. Um, side note: like in a lot of um, 
you know, altarpieces from the Renaissance era, they'll depict people in different sizes within the same frame, just based on how important they are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously that's now considered sort of rudimentary, but here we go, seeing the same thing. This to me also feels very cinematic in the choice of the angle, because I think overhead views are somewhat uncommon. You don't necessarily expect that. Mm -hmm. um, and what you're looking at first are these empty boats. And so that's a question. So immediately there's kind of this, well, it's a lack of a story, but it's what draws you in. It's like, mm. why, you know, where did the people go? And mm -hmm. then you discover the fish and you're like, Oh, <laughs> that's where the people went. Yeah. So it's, um, it's a puzzle that you get to, you get to take part in the horror of it. It's almost like he's luring others in with the boats too, you know? Yeah. Like staying there. He's luring other people in with it to investigate. That's pretty, that's cool. Art. I've never seen that one. That's really neat. Yeah. Uh, and for our listeners who might not be familiar with it, it was actually a sweet card back in the day. It was blue, blue for a four one, which was a great deal on uh, creatures back then. Mm -hmm. And it was, uh, I can't attack unless a uh, defending player controls an island. And if you control no islands, you have to sacrifice very, it. Very flavorful, right? Very. Flavorful. Yeah. I mean, it's a giant fish. So it's like, yeah. if you don't have any water, it dies. And if your opponent doesn't have any water, it can't go anywhere. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's really cool. Actually. I like that a lot. Awesome. All right. So up next, uh, you know, it wouldn't be magic Dakota without some dragons. Am I right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we got Bogadarn Hellkite is this one. <laughs> That's the most magic name I've ever heard. <laughs> Bogadarn Hellkite, uh, specifically the one by Wayne Reynolds. Okay. So this is someone's favorite magic art of all time yes <laughs> wow Which i feel as i'm i'm i don't want to i don't want to rag on you ben don't want to rag on you ben but i feel there are a lot of really cool dragons in magic <laughs> history i wouldn't i wouldn't jump to bogadar and hellkite as my <laughs> as my favorite dragon <laughs> well you know there's some good stuff going on here uh as dragons go um I, the funny thing is too, like, I'm not even into fantasy. I like, I don't. Like, <laughs> I, I think in one of the previous ones, uh, you compared it to like, it looked like a, a Walmart girls, like fifth grade uh, trapper keeper art. Is how you put, how you compared to some magic art in the past. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, this it fits in that category sort of <laughs> okay maybe, yep. maybe for it's a little macho for the kind of thing and well okay so i like how almost architectural the scales on the dragon are or mm. uh actually looking at the tail it's almost plant-like like a prickly palm species mm -hmm. of plant and then the wings look like they're turning into architecture like the arches of a building mm -hmm. so i'm into that um i think the idea of scale could have been more effective the only thing that gives you a sense of how big the dragon is at least that i can see are the stairs and i think a little bit more could have been done there um because they feel like an afterthought 
Oh, I, I didn't even really... notice those stairs. Oh, yeah, no. but I think one of the things that I've seen in some of your other dragon cards is that they do a good job of having something else in the frame. Like I'm trying to remember, I think we looked at one that was a dragon and it was like in a hall and it was dwarfing everything mm -hmm. kind of. Oh, so, I think that was the the show and tell art yes, that we took a look yes, at. Yes, yes. Yep. So with this dragon, because it's in a natural landscape, you don't really get a sense for how big it is except for those stairs. Mm -hmm. I just think there, there could have been something, some other elements to help make that point. Um, and obviously I'm thinking about scale a lot because of that fish we just saw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what I also like though, is that you've got like a volcano, I suppose in the background and the dragon seems like it has more fire than a volcano, more uh, velocity than a volcano. Oh, that's true. Yeah. The flames coming out of the dragon dwarf yeah. the flames coming out of the volcano. Um. I'm interested about the, I guess I'll just say species that's flying in the background. I don't know if those are supposed to be birds or other dragons. Mm -hmm. um, that's an interesting choice to make. Um, and I guess, you know, the other thing that's missing from this one for me is some kind of a story. Like, I don't know why that dragon's blowing smoke. Is he fighting someone? Is he just passing time? You know, what's he reacting to? Where is he going? I don't really have any of that. It's just all, all this card seems to be about is this majestic animal. Mm -hmm. Nice. All right. Let's move on. So this next one I actually struggled to find just the art of. So the highest resolution one I have is actually the full card. So you're actually going to see it in its its full MTG glory, Dakota, with with all the framing and flavor text and uh, and rules text of the game. So up next is actually another one of my favorites. Uh, we got Raya Dawnbringer. Hmm. Okay. Well, look at the hands again, right? Yep. <clears throat> so, and the wings too. Um, yes, yep. I think, and also that they're kind of going in opposite directions. The hands feel really expressive. Um, she's closing her eyes. She seems like she's concentrating or enraptured, but very like present and powerful. Um, like, assuming the pose myself <laughs> <laughs> it's a very it's a very yaz queen it's very yaz queen pose <laughs> totally. i feel inspired I wake up every morning um uh so yeah it feels like she is tuned into something on another level and is harnessing a power and is really feeling the moment mm -hmm. so i believe in her she's got everything going on i don't understand what's in the foreground maybe you can help clarify that for me a bit Are those uh it looks like like it, yeah it looks like uh monsters and they're like blinded by her light okay yeah and she's not bothered by them clearly right so um they're her audience the same way we're her audience you know where their backs are turned to us so the attention is all on her and she's just having a moment for herself, which is, 
you know, she's, she kind of doesn't care about her onlookers because she's not um, threatened by them Mm. because she's aware of her power. Um, I love her armor. I Mm. want armor like that. (laughs) Yeah, it is pretty pretty badass. (laughs) Yeah. I think like uh, she's, she's very cool. Great haircut. And to give you some background info on the card, so this is something we in the in the game we like to call uh, a windmill slam, because it's one of those cards that when you play it, you just you play it and you just windmill your arm up around and just slam <laughs> it down on the table, because yeah. it's one of those cards that like if if you can get this into play, you know your chances of winning the game are very very strong. Mm, okay, um, because she herself is you know she's she's a pretty she's a pretty tough broad and also she has the ability of on each of your turns you get to bring one of your creatures that died previously and bring it from the dead and reincarnate it and put it back oh wow so the longer that she's in play the more powerful she is wow well i like her a lot (laughs) yeah have you ever played this card jerry ray dobrik oh yeah she was uh not it, she doesn't really see much play in legacy anymore, but yeah. back back in the day before like Grizzlebrand, uh, she was uh, a pretty much a staple of uh, Reanimator. Oh, I was gonna say she was like a great Reanimator target. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so back in the day, like when you know we're talking ten years ago now at this mm-hmm. point, but like you would cast like Buried Alive, grab you know two fatties and a Ray of Dawnbringer, put them mm-hmm. in your graveyard, and then you'd reanimate Ray of Dawnbringer, and then over the next three turns, you'd bring each of the fatties back. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It makes a, makes a lot of sense. It's a sweet card. It's a card I was not aware of. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's 20,000 cards in the Magic <laughs> Library. Actually, probably more than that now. So 20,000? Oh, yeah. Individual, like, unique cards. Not, like, different arts. 20,000 cards. Oh, my God. And then God. there are multiple versions of many of those cards. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's over 50,000 different art. <gasps> yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it's there crazy. Is a, there is a lot of content to get through for some art episodes. If, uh, you know, <laughs> you ever want to pick up the torch with, uh, with another <laughs> podcast account. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so let's take a look at this next one. So this is another older one from, you know, the very early days of magic, which means it's kind of hard to get a high resolution image, but let's take a look at this one. We got Equinox. Oh, cool. <clears throat> so this is Equinox by Susan Van Camp, uh, and it was in the Legends set, which I, was like the fourth or fifth set printed. I feel like we did another Susan Van Camp artwork, too. Yeah, I don't know what else she has done. Let's take a look. Um, so other art. Oh, she did Jackal Pup. That's probably the most. Oh, she also did Pat. Everyone's right. We're going to talk about it later today is uh, the Wolf's Head him to Torak. Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> um, I like this. I think it's a, a smart way of showing two things at once. Uh, the. It's the figure in the foreground. is. <laughs> <laughs> look at me look at me i just love his little mickey mouse hat yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so 
I guess a few things that I like. So you've got this hill in the foreground that's all of the same color. It's not cut in half. Mm -hmm. And so what that does is it has the figure in that plane because they're standing on that hill and they're looking into um, the landscape that is cut in half. So you have three different zones um, and the second zone is divided by night and day, obviously. And you have this beautiful constellation um, in the night sky. Um, and the, I think it's really smart to have the mountain range be contiguous. Mm -hmm. um, and then in the upper zone here, they flip, obviously. And mm. um, I think that the... I, one of the things that's kind of fun to do is say like, what if the artist hadn't made this decision? Like what if she hadn't um, created this arc of the sky and the, the third area where she flips the, the day? And if she hadn't, it would have felt like this figure is only in the daytime. Mm -hmm. So what I, I think is, really works in this is that the figure is now looking squarely both at the daytime and the nighttime in in the right side of the composition um and it wouldn't have worked to put the figure you know in the center because they have to be silhouetted basically mm -hmm. against the daytime so i really like her decision here and also like the sky is often represented as an arc um and so you know especially in like old astronomical drawings um, mm -hmm. that sort of thing so i think that that gives this a feeling uh, it sort of sets it back in a different time also the clothing that the figure is wearing even though it's a silhouette it feels more like some kind of like medieval robe right with that that hat that you would definitely never see anyone wearing today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so it kind of gives it a time and a place. And uh, yeah, I just, I think it's a really imaginative way of representing Equinox. Awesome. Yeah. All right. I, I was, this next one, I was a bit hesitant about including. And also uh, guys, if, if we don't get to your favorite art, I do apologize. There were hundreds of art <laughs> options submitted and I don't think we're going to be able to get to all of them tonight. So if we don't get it, I just want to apologize in advance, but I did want to touch on this one because I wasn't going to allow it at first. <laughs> uh, Brendan Muse, but he, he made a solid argument and convinced me. And so uh, here it is. <laughs> we have the full text basic lands. Oh, I can't read it. Is there a way to make it larger? Uh, let me see if I can get a larger version. There we go. Thank you. Uh, there we go. So full text basic land island. So, uh, Dakota in, in magic's time, you know, as, as like a, a special treat every once in a while, the company would release. So you know how the basic lands are like the core of the game. Yeah, those, those right. five colors. So as a treat every once in a while, the company would release full art basic lands where there was just, you know, 
all the focus was on the land on the art because everyone know, knows what it does you just want to focus on the beautiful art okay and then when one time you know the company wizards of the coast came out and to kind of turn it on its head is like you know we've done full art basic lands a few times Let's do a full text basic land where there's no art whatsoever. And instead they just put the complete official rules text for the land, including like full definitions on literally everything. So that's literally just words. So honestly, this is my jam. This is, this, like, <laughs> <laughs> this is like conceptual art. And I mean, I do love this kind of thing. Sometimes it's done and it's really flippant and you're like, oh, this is, you know, so trite and sort of like cocky. But I think here it's like, because even without playing magic ever, Mm -hmm. I, because I've seen some of those other landscape ones, I think Mm -hmm. I would have understood why this is a fun inside joke. And I mean, right off the top, this card's name is Island. It's like, right, <laughs> you already said that. <laughs> island. Basic land, Island. Yeah. This card's name is Island. <laughs> so it's like so over the top. And it's, you know, going against everything that you ever expect from a magic card. And it just has this impact of making you like trip up and pause and be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it also, it reads like an insult almost. Basic is it super tight. Yes. <laughs> you basic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I do just, uh, Brendan did make a, a good argument. So I do want to quote him. Is he go, he says, all art is text, so all text is art. You want me to hit you with some Deirdre, which I don't know if you know who, I don't know who Deirdre is. Or D- D- Derrida? Derrida? Or Derrida, D-E-R-R-I-D-A. I'm guessing that's oh, some folk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Dakota got that joke because it went over my head. <laughs> that whooshing sound was that going over Jerry as well. Going over my head. Because I, I responded with, go home, you're drunk. <laughs> and Brendan says, postmodern critical theory is fucking wild. Basically, in the most abstract form, text is just a tool to convey meaning. This could be anything from written words to emoji to pictures to anything in between. The placement and juxtaposition of objects create new text that encompass the independent text and tensions between them. And wow. I said, all right, fine. <laughs> Jerry's like, I'm not reading all that. I couldn't that. have said it better myself. <laughs> and I think that like the the little symbols that are added in bring that home. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, this is, I think it's uh it's pretty fun. And it actually like really nicely links in with the a lot of word artists that became popular, especially in like the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know what the date of this card is, but uh 2021. Oh, really? Okay. That's pretty recent. Yeah. And yeah, I, that is true. You know, um, I've seen things, you usually see them at like, uh, like flea markets and things like that, but it's like, uh, it's a picture of like Alc of, uh, Tony, Tony Montana, but instead of it, like being a picture of him, it's just like the entire script of Scarface is like written out, but it's in like the shape of Tony Montana and things like that. So you're right. You know, there, there is, there is things like that out there. 
That wasn't exactly what I meant by word art. <laughs> That's what I took, so I'm going with it. <laughs> I think more along the lines of like Mel Faulkner, like, like Joseph Cousin, whoosh, whatever. We're good. Whoosh. <laughs> whoosh. <laughs> whoosh. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, so this was a good pick. This is a good pick. All right, Brendan, you happy? Are you happy now? <laughs> All right. Up next is one that I really like. It's by Rob Alexander, and it actually really reminds me of Dolly. Mm, for sure. Right on. So this is Twiddle by Rob Alexander. Twiddle? Twiddle. Mm, another landscape card? It's actually not a landscape card. Hmm. Okay. So Is that a rock above a rock. Yeah, it's a very um, and I can actually I can show you also some other interpretations of it, but it's it's kind of an interesting card. It's a cheap uh spell that you can play, and it's just tap or untap target artifact, creature, or land. So it just gives you control over something essentially. Yeah, it so let's, lets you control something for so right. Is that so, what, how you say it, Jerry? Like, yeah. So tap in Magic Dakota is basically indicating, uh, you know, something's energy. Mm-hmm. So if it's untapped, it still has its energy. And then if you use it up, you tap it, and it can no longer do anything that turn because it's out of energy. Mm. So, so twiddle lets you either like turn off one of your opponent's things by tapping it, so it can't do anything, or it lets you untap one of your things so that you can use it again. Okay. Huh. All right. Well, I'm not sure I ever would have come to that by looking at this. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a very abstract piece. Yeah. Um I don't I don't quite know what to say. I mean, the I think it's attractive the way they've depicted the landscape. Um mm-hmm. it's pretty barren. This is not a landscape that you want to, you know, spend a lot of time in probably. Um, but I do think it's interesting to have an, uh, a rock, you know, basically presiding over another rock mm. um, based on what you've said about the card. It, it almost looks like it's being, it's either being supported by, or these are hanging off of it, like these two vines of different yeah. colors. I think it's like seaweed or something in the water there. Yeah, because it's then like going down, uh, down the rock face into the water. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't, I don't really get it, but I, what I will say, and this kind of goes back to what you said about Dali, Jerry, is that it, it's clearly just like a, a landscape devoid of any kind of life. However, this takes on a little bit of an anthropomorphic feeling Hmm. where the rock above to me feels like a head that's kind of floating above a body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I mean, the thing about Dali was, is all about like, you know, just, let it go, let your subconscious tap into the bizarre images you're seeing in front of you. And I think that this is slightly humorous, which is something you would almost never say about a landscape, right? Mm-hmm. So on in that way, I think that this um, 
creates a little more intrigue than, uh, you know, if, if they'd done something that was easier to put your finger on. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, the vines I'm really not getting, but it, it is interesting that they come all the way down into the water in mm -hmm. front and, you know, out of the frame and they're sort of rainbow. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So they're, you know, they have this reach that goes toward us, the viewer and out of the frame of the canvas. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what he was told about the, a lot of times the artists are given a description of the card, you know, kind of what the card does or. I, again, I, I bet you. So what they also sometimes do Dakota is sometimes an artist will like mess up and they just have a card, but they don't have the art for it. So they just reach into their grab bag of unused art <laughs> and slap it on the card. And I feel that's what happened in this case. Yeah, it might be, it is not, uh, it's not something that, wants you to figure it out in any kind of way right there's no story that would ever make sense with this really i also it's kind of hard to figure out the scale of it because the the rock looks like it's small just because it's suspended there so it makes me feel like it's a puddle but then there's like this cliff face in the background so it, right. it's, it's messing with the scale for me right we we should have done an episode on the art mistakes in Magic's history, Jerry. Because like <laughs> that was the, we kind of did that. The, <laughs> that was... the lemur. Have you ever heard the lemur versus lemur? Oh, that that made? what you mean, Pat? Oh yeah. <laughs> what so of, so uh, an artist was told that they wanted a painting of this of this lemur, or I guess you I don't yeah. know how you'd pronounce it. In, in a lemur, which is lemur, like which in... is like a it's like a Dungeons and Dragons. Like, scary creature that's essentially made out of like rock and slime. It's like it's a pretty like terrifying image. Like if you it's, look yeah, up, it's like it's an evil spirit. Yeah, it's it's even beyond. It's from like folklore. It's right. uh, it's like Celtic folklore of this yeah. like evil spirit. Super scary. Where this is going. Super scary. And then and then the artist. So the artist looked up like what a, a, a what it looks like, <laughs> but they missed the it. final e. Like they misspelled it, so they looked up pictures of a lemur. <laughs> and then Jerry, I'm gonna send you a link to the no, I, I got it. Okay, I got it. here it is. Okay, this so is this was submitted and it got printed. This is <laughs> so they gave him like weird wings and like these claws, and that's what they printed. And so uh, what happened was when the, by the time the art was submitted, it was too late to get to commission new art because the cards had to get printed. And so this is the art that was that was uh that was accepted for it. But Jerry, if you can get a picture of a, a of an actual Lemur. Just, just, just for the juxtaposition of what was printed versus what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like, that—that's that's, what it's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like for anyone at home, it basically looks like like Grimer, the Pokemon. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> and so there's a couple examples of that in uh in magic's history of like artists just like misreading what was yeah. required <laughs> yep. um and the, the flavor text on it is really funny it's it's the lemurs looked harmless until they descended on my troops within moments only bones remained and just like seeing these little like furry creatures like it's just really fun it, it just it's just one of those it's things that, like whole guy with his giant yellow eyes oh so Aww. funny <laughs> 
Um, so, all right, up next, Dakota, we actually have a four fur. We got, okay. we got four. So uh, this is a, a fan favorite, you know, lots of people suggested these and it's actually, this is an ongoing debate since this was, since these cards were printed, uh, you know, over 20 years ago, magic fans have actually been fighting over which art is the best hmm. because as like a special thing, when this came out, wizards of the coast released this card with four different arts and it was random which one you got in your booster packs. Oh. And so ever since then, fans have debated about which one is best. And for everyone listening at home, you already know what I'm talking about. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at him to Torak. So I got the comparison arts of all four know. here. Okay. <laughs> so you want I guess you want to start from left, left to right. Yeah, they're completely different. I'm yes. surprised at that. And they're all, all the same with different arts. So on the left, we got uh, the Scott uh, Kirshner version, which is the, I call it like the devil at the table. Okay. Yeah. Right. So this is maybe like a little bit more didactic where it's sort of spelling out what happens with this card a bit, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's an actual um transaction going on basically where you have someone who has the power to make a decision and someone who's trying to convince them to do something their way mm -hmm. that's how i interpret this this uh, art this art reminds me i don't know if you've ever seen the meme you must love like the classic art memes dakota of oh, people who yeah <laughs> would people take like classic art and turn them but it's like the the guy sitting at the table with his hand up and he's just like more and he's just like pointing at the palm of his hands, <laughs> just like the give me more meme. Like that's what this art reminds me of. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's really, it's like, um, it's almost like a children's illustration where it's trying to give you the whole story through the gestures and the postures of the people that are depicted. Yeah. And I think that the people in the background are there to give you a sense that this is something that's a little, uh, it's like a high risk thing. There are people mm -hmm. looking on, it's sort of sinister. If things don't go well, it's gonna get bad. Is, is that a baby dragon on the head of the figure on the right? Doesn't it kind of look like a little <laughs> baby it? dragon? It, yeah, uh, oh, and actually, man, I never realized the tail before. Yeah, it's got tail. It's got kind of like, it's it's holding onto its cheeks with its arms and it's got the little, like, little spines it, on its back. Either that or he skinned a baby dragon and turns it into a hat. Could be that. The tablecloth is makes me uncomfortable, I have to say. I, I don't like, like I'm not a big fan of tablecloths in general. Um, <laughs> but like, when they're uneven like this, when they're uneven like this, it really bothers me. <laughs> looks like looks like Pat's kids got, got a hold of this tablecloth. No, so like all right, so a little story time. So we do I I have like this uh Halloween themed uh uh tablecloth that I put on the table for you know the month of October or so. And like, it's always wrong. Like there's always, it's always like an end that's too long or one that's too short or it's a little crooked. And the entire, like October is my favorite month out of the year. And every time I go in my dining room, it is, it's like a living hell because my tablecloth is never the way it's supposed to be. Oh, it sounds like a nightmare. It is. It absolutely is. And with two children, who are 10 and seven, they could, could not care less about how straight the tablecloth is, but it matters to me. It matters to me. So. 
Yeah. Pasca, Pasca to sign a deal with the devil to make sure his tablecloth. Yeah, is like I would straight. totally. Yeah, that's I would, exactly uh, what's happening. Pat, you're the guy with the hat. The yeah, that's what I feel. That Pat is buddy, I, buddy the when, elf. It looks like buddy sit, the elf is making a deal with the I devil. When I sit at my table and see my tablecloth, that is exactly my posture. <laughs> that's me trying to fix it. Like, just pull this edge over here. That's what I look like. It's, I'm just defeated, just demoralized. Yeah terrible my thing with this art is it doesn't represent the card at all so him to torak is like there's a him like a, a religious him but to torak who is a, a like a demon in the lore and this is just like i get it's like yeah it's a guy look who looks like he's like making a deal with the devil but i don't yeah. see anyone singing <laughs> oh hmm yeah this feels mm, this just feels like a deal is being made that the mm. bad deal it's sort of, it's a, a pretty simple story that's being relayed. I'm ready for the next depiction though, if you guys are. Yes. So up next, we got the Quentin Hoover version, which is like the evil wizard with his cloak. Yeah. This one's a little more intriguing to me, mm. I have to say. Um, it looks like, so one thing I love is when clothing starts to have a kind of, animated quality of its own you know mm -hmm. it, it's showing the uh effect of energy and wind and uh, you know like a frenzied motion um that's going on so here you've got this swirling about the central figure where his face is in the center of the composition mm -hmm. and his hands are doing this like very witchy, you know, pointed finger sort of thing around the orb of white in the center. So it looks like he's casting a spell, but it looks like the thing you would want to see, whatever he, it is that he's doing is being concealed by his cloak. Mm. So you're just getting the idea of how powerful it is by the radiating light. So I like that. I think it's good when a composition hides a little bit so there's some intrigue and mystery. Mm, excellent. Like the hands definitely tell a story too, like you had mentioned before. Mm -hmm. like he's got those long fingernails. Expressive. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I will say, having played this card for years, it was my least favorite version of the art because it took me years and years to realize what was actually even happening in this art. Cause when you hold it on a much smaller scale, I, all I could see was like the Cape, like I couldn't see the guy's face or really anything. Oh. So like looking like when I was playing this card, I just could not tell what was going on in the art. So I never really thought much of it. Mm. And I always wonder, it looks like there's two shapes in there. Like there's another person in front of yeah, the Yeah, I was here. wondering that. Is there is it his shoulder there or is or that is it another the head person? of another figure? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, up next we got uh the literal him to Torak. This is the most literal art I feel, mm -hmm. uh, by Liz Danforth, which is the uh four people. Uh, standing in a circle, um, mm -hmm. all holding arms. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. looks like they're chanting or something. Playing, playing yeah. ring around the rosy. Yeah, this one. Um, I yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's like from 
if you're if you're not looking closely, it feels like the human's body is just fit with the rest of the geometrical design, which mm -hmm. obviously is very intentional. And your eyes sort of move to the slimmer parts of that circle, which are their hands interlocking, mm. which is, you know, obviously a metaphor for like togetherness and um, creating something bigger out of people coming together. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. This is interesting also because the artist clearly goes through some lengths to differentiate each of the four figures like they have different body sizes and hair types and um they're wearing slightly different things even if it's a uniform of sorts um and then whatever they're standing on looks like it's not just some sort of stone ground but something that they're maybe affecting like mm -hmm. maybe it's something that isn't I, it feels to me very much like light, brightness, some sort of emanating light is used a lot in magic as a way to express a magical power, right? And so mm -hmm. it feels like the center of this composition, the dead center, is whatever they're conjuring coming forth from that, you know, wellspring, basically. Hmm. Awesome. And finally, uh, this one is kind of similar to uh... my favorite. This is my favorite one, honestly. It so, really is. I actually, I'm going to turn my camera on because I literally have one sitting on my desk right now. <laughs> I want to. Similar to uh, indestructible aura, as far as uh, you know, some chagrin, chagrin from the curious. community, but also you know, <laughs> it just it looks like I would be able to buy that on a t-shirt at a gas station gift shop. Yeah, and then immediately go to a fish fry and have a great time. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, doesn't the wolf look like he's laughing? A little bit, yeah. Uh, I have to point out though, when I when I you know how earlier in the episode where I googled Susan Van Camp to see what else she made, yeah. she actually has a couple magic arts of just like that look like they would be gas station t-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> she's, my favorite. she's my favorite, my new favorite. I like it. I mean, it's uh, it's so it's so cheesy. <laughs> I'm not going to call this an artwork, but I think it's fun. I love it. Oh, here's a here's a high res version of it. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, Look at that high res. God. Is that is that the wow. actual is yeah. that really the high res version? Yep. Oh, it's beautiful. You know what that needs to go on like a felt. <laughs> needs to go on black felt. Yes. Black velvet, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a black light yeah. hanging up under a black wow. light. <laughs> I don't, you know that my only gripe with this is is that the wolf's teeth, like those top teeth, that's not how a wolf's teeth look. Like they don't curve inward like that. They yeah, it's like a, it's like a down. vampire wolf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess this is a fantasy world, so we know we don't have to be too. But you know, <laughs> and uh, also this isn't her first time making. Oh, you uh, see the some... skulls in the mountain. Yeah, the skulls in the mountain too. I didn't notice that till oh, just she now. Loves wolves or coyotes. It's kind of more like a coyote, maybe. Yeah, uh, she also did uh, wild eye wolf. So much worse. <laughs> it so much it's kind of bad. It looks like. <laughs> It's like someone did a bad image of like the Dogecoin dog. <laughs> <laughs> like that wolf looks very disappointed in you, you know? Oh, yep. 
Oh, but she also she did she's done a couple of well-known magic cards. She did whirling dervishes, mm-hmm. uh desert twister, uh my giant. What is this with the cats? Is that a magic card? Uh is it? I don't know. It might oh, be. Yeah. <laughs> this one with cats is. <laughs> Whoa, she might be my favorite magic artist. Oh, this is an official one. Hey, gift. Oh my god. What? Jerry. Gift, look up, look up Gift of the Woods. Gift look of up the that woods. card, show her that one. Yeah, <laughs> Gift of the Woods. Also by Susan Van Camp. Oh, another wolf. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Also just this like hunky guy. How did this get printed? <laughs> that guy's, you know what though? He's got no ass. No ass. No ass. But that, that dude skips leg day every week. Like, <laughs> Susan Van Camp, not an ass woman. Not no. an ass woman. <laughs> but big into wolves in the background, like yeah. superimposed wolves. Oh, she also did Old Man of the Sea. She did yeah, a she did. lot of classics. Yep. Oh, yep. here's another cat one. Oh yep. my God. What's so funny is she always goes for it with the like hunky people and the animals, but she doesn't understand how like anatomy works, even a little bit. <laughs> so there are, there are, there is so, so many pieces of art that I, that I've seen that on it. It bugs me for some reason. Like, yeah, for sure. I think it's charming. Yeah. I, okay. I mean, it's hard to, she, yeah, she's a professional artist. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to reconcile, but like, it, look, uh, look at combat medic. Like, what it, she loves doing, like the '90s, like so, photo Photoshop of like the the face in the yes. background and like the fade out. There's like an onk on her forehead. That's <laughs> a, it's an interesting, oh but like. That that's cool. Yeah, I like that art. Know. That's cool. That one's neat. I like dark. Yeah, darkling dark, stalker. Darkling stalker. That's some cool art. Uh, this looks like a movie poster for an '80s action movie about fairies starring. Fairy like, noble. Yep, that's a good one. <laughs> Fairy <I> noble. <laughs> Just so bad. Oh, that's so great. What? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, oh my this god. is this is tornado. <laughs> Never ending story. I love that she put her signature on the tree that is like in the center of the art being sucked up by the twister. (laughs) Wow. Look at another elvish hunter, another one where it's just like like it looks like a 90s photo. I think that that, like, uh, you know, setup. With the giant face looking off into the distance and then the mm-hmm. full figure in the foreground. I think that comes from movie posters from the 90s. Oh, yes. interesting. I could be wrong, but I think that that's what it is. Yeah, and all these art, she looks like she mostly did art in the uh, the 90s uh, timeline of magic. Yeah, sure. yeah. That is so funny. That's really funny. Uh, we, should, we should bring her in for a signing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm sure she's beloved in the old school community because it's. I'm sure cool. she's done a lot. Like these are a lot of classics: Jackal yeah. Pup, Old yep. Man of the Sea, Desert Twister, Whirling Dervishes, Him to Torak. She did. She did Elvish Bard and Elvish Hunter. It's like there are neighboring sets, but like it's a it's the same. Like if you look up Elvish Bard, it's the same thing. Is the same art? <laughs> no, it's not the same art, but it's like the same composition as Elvish Hunter. Oh yeah, it's a, it's another <laughs> giant face in the background. <laughs> oh 
You can't you can't argue she doesn't have a technique though. She has a style. She has a a I will say it works for magic cards because they're so small and you can't really see the details on a person's face unless you blow them up like that. Really, that's really funny. Of of all of them though, Elvish Bard is the one that looks the weirdest because it just looks like it's like this little gremlin standing on the shoulder of a giant and it's It's so weird. Yeah. I, something about her art's a little disconcerting, but it's, <laughs> it's funny. Oh, man. That's great. Uh, with that, I think we need to wrap it up. But before we go, Dakota, going down the list, what would you say is your favorite art that we looked at oh tonight? And I can run God. through it. So we got, we got the Hymn to Torax. Uh, we got Counterspell, mm-hmm. Metal Worker, mm-hmm. Luana, Queen of the Fae, Grove of the Burn Willows, uh, Grove of the Burn Willows Part Two, <laughs> Baleful Strix, and also I need uh, uh, the Force of Will, uh, Equinox, uh, Indestructible Aura. <laughs> <laughs> it, all right, we can stop there. It's it's indestructible, Laura. <laughs> uh, Bogadarn Hellkite, uh, Dan Dan, uh, Island, full full text Island. That one's pretty good. Uh, Twiddle, uh, Rhea Donbringer. Oh, do we not get Counterspell? Uh, Counterspell was the first one. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Well, I do really like this one. Um, Wait a second. Man, this is tough. Uh, wait, what was the second one we looked at? Uh, Metal oh, Worker. Not Metal that. Worker. Not that. Didn't like that one. Alana. The the I, think I like this one. Yeah. The bird walls. I, th- I think you also like Baleful Strix. I really, I, I'm a, I'm a bird girl, so that's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. So Not sad. necessarily because of the art, but I just, I fucking love owls. Also a bird girl. Also a bird girl. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the island text is pretty great too. <laughs> Full text island. <laughs> um, and I, I okay. So can I have three favorites? Totally. Sure. It's your okay. show. First Ooh, one with the the spell being cast. Uh, counter spell. Yes, thank you. Um, I like the grove of burning trees. The digital one. With the digital one, not the okay. uh, not the original painting one. Okay. And I like the bird. Baleful Strix. <laughs> but also. But also full I text aspire to one day be that girl with the wings. <laughs> so badass. Rhea Donbringer. Yeah. yeah. She's my idol now. She's pretty great. She's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, guys this was fun i'm sorry that you're ending your podcast but what okay I, it's so wonderful maybe, maybe as like a as a christmas gift next year we'll we'll do like a, a special release <laughs> honestly doing this episode that's all i was thinking about was like we should just do this another like in a year you know like it's so much fun to do these i have such yeah. a blast well it's really fun for me it very much gets me out of my element so <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, awesome. Um, and I'm so sorry to anyone that I insulted. <laughs> <laughs> no, your your taste is bad and you should feel bad. 
JK, JK love. <laughs> awesome. Well, is there any anything you want to let people know about? Do you have any projects going on, Dakota? I have so many projects going on. Uh, <laughs> anything you want to plug? Any displays uh, or anything? Or, I don't uh, know. I, I, I'll just say, like, go support your local museums. They're, you know, great places with incredible treasures and you won't be sorry if you spend an afternoon standing in front of an artwork and really taking your time to look at it. It's yeah. good for the soul. Definitely. For sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dakota. Always a pleasure having you on. Likewise. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Absolutely. And congrats, actually. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, everyone else guys stay tuned we are going to have the final episode of leaving a legacy the unofficial official episode 400 <laughs> yes yeah we've been on 399 point whatever for a month and a half two months now so <laughs> yeah uh, so keep an eye out for that it might not release exactly on time because uh we're going to actually uh, have recordings with a bunch of fan favorites from over the years. And Jerry's going, he's leaving on vacation to go play emo for a long weekend. So, yeah, I'll be in Las Vegas <laughs> jamming out to my chemical romance. Yeah. <laughs> when I was, yeah, okay, all right, <laughs> let's go, Jerry. <laughs> um, so keep an eye out. We, we want to get you know a bunch of uh the fan favorites. We're recording little segments, uh, so we can splice them all together. I'm sure it's gonna be a pain in the ass to edit it. So, uh, you know, keep an eye out, uh, for the final episode of Leaving Legacy. Uh, also, uh, we still have the merch store up open for now. So if you want to get some last minute leaving a legacy merch, uh, make sure you check out the Facebook page. The link is posted up on there. Harry, uh, I want some merch. swag. You want some merch? Okay. Oh, yeah. Do you we have got, any t-shirts? Yeah, we got t-shirts. We got, we got we women's should, t-shirts. We, we should got, design we got one. Them. We should design one about that just like says art critic and has like the one that matches <laughs> Right. That would be sick. I think wizards would sue us into the ground if we used the art. <laughs> well, no, we 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 won't have a picture. So actually, want to hear something cool? So when I was a kid, this is gonna tie into this a little bit. When I was a kid, um, I got into magic like in seventh and eighth grade or whatever. So like, you know, my family would get me like magic stuff as like for like birthday, Christmas, whatever. And one year, um, my I don't know if it was my mom or one of my aunts got me like magic t-shirts and the way they used to do it back in the day was just in the front on like the breast would say like magic the gathering and on the back they would just have like the full back would be a magic card like the full like the border oh, and everything was like huge in the back. And i still have pictures of me like wearing those shirts but they were like my favorite shirts i don't even know what the arts were on the back of those shirt but uh yeah that, oh i remember those because it, it wasn't even the art yeah it was just like it was the full rules the, text the, and everything the full card yeah like, like too like, lazy to cut out just the art yeah it's the full <laughs> card like the full card yeah it's pretty great you guys could do an artwork that's like jerry's face really large howling at the moon <laughs> have, <laughs> we actually did i we actually commissioned an artist who did artwork for us that's I have true. we we made a play mat that had um Jerry and I in cartoon form. Oh yeah, would you you know I have it right here. Uh real quick Dakota, would you like to criticize the the <laughs> leading a legacy uh play mat art? Uh yeah. do you yeah, oh I do you have, have a bat? Yeah, yeah, I have one here. Hold, so this hold it up, Pat. Uh I don't know if it's gonna focus. You, know, you gotta turn off your background thing. Yeah, looks... hold on, hold on. <laughs> uh let's do blur my background. There we go. Okay. That's actually magic art up there. Yeah. There's a couple pieces. Some of the Chris Restaurant we didn't like. Um, 
But that oh was... my god! <laughs> <laughs> so it was depicting Jerry and I locked in an eternal struggle with some of our favorite, uh, some of our favorite characters that we like, the cards that we like to cast on uh, each side. So that's me, and that's that's Delver of Secrets and uh, Monastery <laughs> Swissbeer below, and uh, this is this is Jerry, and that's his 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 favorite card is Grizzle Brand that's right behind him. I and love this. Is it, and then uh, that's. Uh, oh, I yeah. love it. That's incredible. <laughs> we'll send you one. I think I still have a bunch, so we can send you one. Yeah, we'll 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 put we'll put together a little gift bag for you to code and send it over. <laughs> that's really amazing, you guys. Aww. Yeah, that was uh, Dio, Dio's boss. He's um a magic artist. He lives down in Brazil. And uh, he's just super nice. And uh, yeah, he did that art for us a couple years ago, actually. <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, th Dakota, thank you so much for coming on. It really is such a pleasure oh, to have you and talk me. to you. And it's pleasure is really all mine. You it, guys are so fun to talk to. It is so much fun to chat about magic, but not chat about magic at the same time. You know what I mean? Like it's just in a <laughs> yep. totally different lane than what we normally talk. So it's really fantastic. Nice. Good. All right. Well, be well, you guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Thanks Dakota. Dakota. Have a good one. Take it easy.